Basil. This is the podcast where we talk industry, we talk business, we talk shit, we motivate, and we get things done. Hey guys, thank you again for tuning in to this week's episode of The Rise. I'm your host, Mark Basil. This is episode number six. Today's episode is going to be part two of my interview with actor Mike Massimino. If you have not listened to part one last week, please go back, give it a listen, go back into the archive, select episode number five, give it a listen. Mike Massimino is a naturally funny son of a bitch, really makes you laugh, has a very contagious laugh to him, great sense of humor, not afraid to make fun of himself. Uh, We also talk about his struggle in the industry, getting to where he is today, where his crossroads were, what led him to this, to this amazing business that we all that we choose to be a part of uh that was all in episode five part one of my interview with him this week's episode uh same laugh same joke same humor except this week we talk a little bit more about his experience on boardwalk empire reflect back on what his expectations were when he first broke into the business how after his first year he thought he was going to skyrocket to stardom was hit with a little bit of reality but in the end ended up doing very very well for himself because that's the type of talented individual that this man is we also talk about marvelous miss mazel how we both auditioned for the same role and i lost that role out to him which was definitely the right casting move for the production to make because after watching him perform that uh there's no way that i could have filled his shoes whatsoever we also get in in depth about uh, a mutual mentor of ours uh chaz palmentary uh who we've both had the pleasure of taking class with learning from and also getting to know on some sort of level outside of the business So if you guys are ready to pick up from where we left off last week and you guys are ready to laugh and you guys are ready to learn about this crazy, insane business that him and I love so much, make sure you subscribe and download. Tune in. Episode number six, part two, Mike Massimino. Let's get to it. I love any good acting class. Like, to this day, I'll go take an acting class. If it's a good teacher and a great class, I'm in because I want to stay sharp. And you never know when that big job is going to come. And you want to stay sharp because if you don't stay sharp, you're gonna suck. Just like yeah, anything. I mean, you know? and, and for all like a muscle, you know. Would you say like a muscle? Yeah, your brain. It's like a muscle. You got to keep that muscle. Flexing. Oh, I thought you meant like 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 fucking muscle that you eat. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant like. No. Um, what was I going to say now? No, no, you got muscles marinara on your brain. I got muscle marinara. Yeah, that reminds muscles me of a funny marinara. story. When we, that reminds me of a funny story in a little bit when we when, when we get there. So you 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 got the ball rolling. You book. You know, you start booking work. You book Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, let me um, just say this. I'll I'll say exactly what happened when I got my agent. He was hit. His it's the Carson Coker Agency, which okay. was which was affiliated with About Face, which was their commercial department. About Face, which, yes, they remember them very right. Well. So they're 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 no longer they're they're About Face is finished. They just finished. Yes. So now it's just Carson Coker. But when when Barry signed me, 
I signed with him all across the board. And about face, which Genevieve Brewer, who's a great manager now, by the way, Genevieve, big shout out to her, who I love to death. And she was the she was the head of the commercial department there. So my first year, Mark, I booked Criminal Intent, a co-star role, little role, and we own the night. That was the first year. I also got two national commercials. One was for Boar's Head and was one was for Sprint. That was my first year. Okay. So it was wow. like, wow. I was like, oh, my God, this is great. I thought I was on my way, right? I'm, gonna, <laughs> this is, I'm getting catapulted into the stratosphere. This is, the work's not going to stop coming now, right? Well, I didn't get anything for two years after that. I didn't get anything for two years after that. Okay? Oh, God. So, like, you get into it and you expect all this stuff. But I got actor friends of mine who have gotten – Decent roles in movies and, and, and TV, and maybe they got a guest star role in Law and Order, and they sit there and they go, "Oh my God, my life is going to change. I can't believe it. It's, it's finally going to happen." And then it airs, or the movie comes out, and whatever happens, the movie bombs. And I mean, let's face it: you get on television now, you get an episode of this and that and the other thing. And I was just talking to somebody about this last night, another actor, and we were cracking up. I'm on Law and Order tomorrow night. We put it on Facebook, <laughs> and, and it's like everybody watches it, but the next day, it's done. It's gone. Nobody gives a shit. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So you and I, so you and I it means the world, all right? I was on Law and Order last night. Great, you know? <clears throat> but I didn't get anything for two years after that, and then I started getting stuff again. I mean, that's how, how like, crazy this business could be. You know, so I got it rolling. I got it rolling. And then, like I said, when I hit boardwalk, I probably had about 10 credits behind me. And then boardwalk came and I got the four episodes. And then after that, it all started to come. And, you know, I started getting other episodes here and there. And, um, you know, and the biggest, the, 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 the really good break was the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, fuck is, you. Right, yeah, that was the uh, that was the audition. That was the audition that you and I actually we weren't really friends yet. No, we, we weren't. We no, I <clears throat> we weren't. We had just taken Chaz's class together. That was it. Yep. And you and I went and read for Officer Peluso. Yep. We both read for you the know. same part. Yep. And um. And you got it. I, I ended up. Obviously, I yeah. ended up getting it. Yeah. And you yep. know. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I'm reminded every time I watch it, dude. (laughs) (laughs) So, and it's like, but that happened, and I went, oh, And we look nothing alike, man. We we look nothing alike. No. It was different. It was just. Yeah, how we both were submitted for that and got called in blows my mind, but. Well, yeah, it doesn't blow my mind because I could see you as that too. They, like I said, they 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 look for all different. No, I mean you 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 are by far a much better cast for that role. You you really are. I mean that your your that role was 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 custom made for you. Like that. I, well, you know, well, you're very kind to say that. I appreciate your your kind words on that, but I mean, no, I can I'm not see you playing you that role as well. No, I well, know. No, I'm not kidding. But I can I see you as that. I'm, I'm telling you that I, 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 
you know, when I saw it and I watched it and and actually saw the whole thing, I I I, I actually looked at my wife and said, "There's there's like no one's better for that role than he is." Yeah, I know like, exactly what you mean. You were watching it, and I've done that too with people. Like I would say, "Yeah, that's I totally get it." You know, and I totally get what you're saying on that. But mm-hmm. I could see you playing that role. But I've done that before, too. Like, I'd go on an audition, and I'd see a bunch of guys in the same audition. Then I'd put the TV show on, and I'd say, oh, wow, he got that. And I'd be like, yeah, he's perfect for it. You know what I mean? And I've done that on auditions, Mark. Like, I went – I'll give you an example. I went for um, The Blacklist, which you're familiar with, which you kicked ass on. And I went to – and I went to The Blacklist audition, and I saw a bunch of friends of mine there. And there was this one guy who was a great actor. His name is James Saccone, and he got the part. But when I got there, I saw James, and I looked at him, and I said, you're going to get this. Like, before I even went in, I knew he was going to get it because I just he was perfect for it. And he's a great actor. But I know exactly what you mean because when I watched it, I'm going, you see, I knew it. He's perfect for it. He was perfect for that world that they were, you know, that his character was positioned in, and James right. just was perfect. What is perfect for it? So I definitely get what you mean by that. Um, but yeah, and, could and, I have seen you getting the role? Absolutely. I mean, they called you in. They wouldn't have called I you in. Been been able to carry, I might have been able to carry that role physically. Yeah. But comedically, no way. There's no way that I would have been able to fulfill the comedic obligations for that role. Zero. None. I wouldn't have been comfortable enough. I, 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 it, it just, it wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have happened. Like, I know what my, I know what my limitations are as an actor. And there's zero, there's no way I would have, that's why I never booked comedy. Never. I went out for Kimmy Schmidt five times. Now, granted, they kept calling me back in five times because, you know, I, I have a, 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 you know, a very unique look. I, I, I you, you know, so physically I look like the part. But I'm telling yeah. you, like, comedically, to hit that fucking comedic timing at the exact yeah. second that it needs to be hit in order to make that punchline push through, like, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I, I can't. I'm not comfortable like that. So when I right. watched it, when I watched it and, and after it was edited and mastered and, and put on Amazon, Amazon, right? Yeah. It's not Netflix. Amazon? It's on Amazon, yeah. Amazon, right. When I, when I watched it, it like, I, 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 and I, said, I was not surprised at all that I didn't get that role, that I didn't book that. I, I wasn't at yeah, all. Yeah, I've had, I've had situations like that, too, where I'm not surprised where I didn't get it. Somebody else got it. But, but the nasal was, in my mind, it was a it was a really good break, just to get that little role, and then I got a second episode. But the second season was nothing. I didn't get anything. They didn't call me back. But the third season, I just got the call where I'm going back for another episode, supposedly. Um, it's not it's not definite yet, but I believe I got an availability check or something like that. But that's another nice. thing that it really helped. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. But it really helped to put it on my reel. And now, you know, the reel is so important. You're real. You're acting real. Yeah. And for them to see that you've been on. Because just because, and 
look, we have we get our little parts, right? We get our bit parts. We get our, our day player roles. But they see that we have this experience, you know. And when you have the experience, that means a lot to a casting director because they know you're not going to be a pain in the ass on the set. They know they don't have to worry about you. They know you're going to be putting scenes with big stars, right? And you're not going to act up. When you when you establish that reputation, you're going to get hired again and again and again. You know, oh, absolutely. I, I truly I mean, work, work work begets work, and 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 that's that's at the end of the day, that's what it is. I mean, you know, work begets work, and I think that. Uh, in some cases, work gets work more than networking gets work. Right. In some yeah. cases, not all cases, but some cases. And listen, yeah, um, and there's certain things you get that aren't going to do things for you that thought it would do for you. You oh, know what absolutely. I mean? There's certain roles. Sure. Like I said, I have actor friends of mine who thought their lives were going to be changed because they booked this, that, and the other thing. And after it aired, it's done. It's forgotten about. But it's on the real. And that's what I mean by success, by getting called in and still getting called in. To me, that's successful, right? Yeah. I'm not living on Rodeo Drive or Hollywood in a big mansion, and I'm, my name is not above any movie titles. It may never be that way. I may never get my name put above anything. But I love doing this so much. That's what I mean by my right. my standard for being successful you know, some schmuck could say, you're not successful. You've been on this, that, and the other thing. You had a small role. Nobody even knows who the fuck you are. Well, look, look here, fuck face. To me, I'm successful by my standards. And I'm happy being, you know what I'm saying, Mark? You know what I mean? You know those people. You know those people are. They like to come and, and you know, try to, try to, you know, downgrade your success. In my eyes, I'm successful. Listen, and you know what? Those people can go fuck themselves because exactly. they, they're they're everywhere. They're, I've, I've dealt with it my it. entire I've dealt with it my entire life. The people who tell yeah. you you're crazy, you're not good at dude. Matt Dillon, fucking Matt Dillon on Eighth Avenue. Yeah. Oh Christ! Ten years ago. Yeah. I met. I saw him on Eighth Avenue. We were waiting across the street together. I looked over. I said, Jesus Christ, there's Matt Dillon. So, you know, I introduced myself. I'm a, a, a nobody. I got a cigarette hanging out of my mouth. I introduced yeah. myself to him, like Cool Hand Luke. And, uh, you know, at the time, I was a fan. So I took the opportunity because he wasn't going anywhere. He had to wait for the light to change so he could cross. I said, listen, I'm an aspiring actor, in your opinion, what is the best way for an aspiring actor, a young aspiring actor, to break into the business this day and age? He yeah. fucking, he, dude, he looked me square in the eye, and he said, find a new profession. You don't have the chops, kid. And just kept walking. Well, why would he say was, that? Because he's an asshole. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, that's, a good, that's a good reason. He's an ass, man. I and and like I held this grudge. I held it. I held it like I held it inside. And I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show him. I'm gonna show him. Like the next time I see him. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I mean, you know, then you get to a point where you're like, listen, 
you, you, I, I, I realized very late in life, or later on in life, I should say, like people, there are two types of people in this world. There are ambitious people, the go-getters, who will drop kick every fucking door to get where they want to be in life. And then there yeah. are those people, then there are those people that are romanticized and in love with the idea of where they want to be in life because they don't have the yeah. courage to do what it takes to get there. And the ones that romanticize about the idea of living that life, fulfilling their dream, are the ones that are going to tell you you're not good enough, are the ones that are going to tell you you don't have what it takes, are the ones that are going to tell you you're fucking crazy and can't hack it. But at yeah. the end of the day, your dream, whatever that may be, that your fucking dream does not have to make sense to anybody as long as it makes yeah. sense to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. At the end of the day, if your fucking dream... I mean, listen, look at Elon Musk. This fucking guy's developing a whole space program so civilians can land on the fucking moon. Yeah. You know how many people must have told him he was fucking crazy? But you know what? He's doing yeah. it. Richard Branson's doing it. So if, if you have a vision and you have a dream, like it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. That's yours. You know? I concur, buddy. So we actually met in... Uh, and Chaz Palminteri's, uh, uh, I don't remember. What class was it? Was it the acting class or the writing class? I took, no, class. Yeah, I took an acting class with him in a writing class. Yeah, you did the one-man show class with him. I, I, that was the second class I did. Where did we meet? I don't yeah. even remember. We met in the acting class. We did the acting, acting class. class. I took his acting class twice. Me, you, Freddie, um, you know, a bunch right. of other guys. George, George, comic book George. Our buddy comic right. book George. Yep. George also took uh, the writing class too. George took the comic writing book class. George. Um, yeah, I love George. He's, a, he's the happiest yeah, guy George. on the planet. I, um, I've never met so, anybody happier. Oh, he's just a he's a trip. A great character. A and guy. he got a nice little role on the Deuce. I saw that. Did you I see him on the Deuce? No, yeah, I saw him with James Franco. He plays a detective. Yeah, George is on the Deuce. But the Chaz class was a great experience, and uh, the way Chaz commentary makes himself available to people is just amazing. And, you know, Freddie and I had the, the luxury to go out to California and work on his pilot, and it was the experience of a lifetime for me, you know? It really was. Sure. And, and, and Freddie will tell you the same thing, and that's the thing. I mean, we went out there. We, we we flew ourselves out there. We put ourselves up just to go work, you know. And we met the best people, and it turns out that the guy who directed it happens to be Nick Vallonloga, who Nick, Nick yeah. Vallonloga, who wrote the Green Book and is off to the Oscars next month. Yes. Yep. And, you know, there I am working with a Along with Mike Oscar-nominated Golden Globe winner director, you know, Chaz Palminteri, you know, Oscar nominee, you know, uh, I can't say enough great things about Chaz. I mean, you know, he, obviously, he's a hero of both of ours, and I just can't say enough great things about him. And to I, be able to go out and do that was the experience of a lifetime. Whether something happens with it or not, it'll be something that I will never forget. 
Well, I'll tell you this. I'm sure after the, I'm sure after the Green Book, that pilot's going to hold a lot more water now. Well, I don't know. It all, it all depends. I know Nick has got a green light on another movie he's working on called That's Amore, I believe. That was in the trade papers. That that's I don't know what it is. I have no idea what it is. But that's going to be shooting, I think, in September, and he'll be shooting around here in New York. So be on the lookout for those breakdowns. But because uh, it's going to be a lot of Italian. Chaz was uh, for me to work that closely with Chaz in class was mind blowing. It was very surreal. I th- I mean I've looked up to Chaz my entire career. You know, I saw the Bronx Tale when I was like 10 years old, and from that moment on, boom. Um, and, and to be able to work that closely with him, you know. You know what I think I, he did, Mark? He gave, he gave us a great perspective. Oh, God, yeah. Like, like he, it, after, it, leaving, after leaving that class, my perspective on the business yes. was changed forever. He literally stripped the business down to its – it's greedy core. Yeah, that's exactly what he did, and and I think he gave everybody a, a a whole new honest perspective. You know, he took all the glitz and the glamour and the fame and the fortune away, and he really stripped it down to its core of what it really truly is. Um, the best thing he said. Remember when he said you could go on an audition? Forget about you get it. Get all the way up to you get all the way up to the producer's approval. Five guys like you, but the one guy who says, hey, he looks like the guy who my wife cheated on me with. <laughs> and, and, and you don't get it. You don't get it for that. You know what I mean? Like every any little thing can be the reason you don't get a part. A million different reasons. Try to figure it out. You know what I mean? You can't. You, you got to let it go. Down. It could all come down to the one producer going, that guy looks like the kid who used to beat me up in high school. I don't like him. And that's it. You're done. It's cooked. You're not getting it. You can be the best guy for the job, but you're not getting it. And that's what people need to hear because it's that yes. stupid. That's how stupid it is, you know? And that's exactly how stupid it is. I mean, it, it really is. This business is very much super fit. This business is exactly like fucking high school. Yeah. It really is. Like trying to make your way in this business and 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 get in front of the people that matter and get your body of work in front of the people that matter. That's like spending f- fucking four years of high school trying to eat lunch with the cool kids. Yeah, yeah. That's really what it Pretty is. Much. But you want to get I mean, a seat at the table. You want to get a seat at the table. You don't know if it's ever going to happen. Yeah. But you you fucking try like hell. Um, but, but, but yeah, Chaz I mean, was like amazing said, to work with. Chaz, he's just, say that again. He's just one of the most generous. A lot of these guys, and he doesn't have to give you his time after. Not class. at all. And he, and he does. And you like, know what's really funny does. too is he's one of the his, good ones, man. One of the good ones. His his classes are so affordably priced. He doesn't need the fucking money. He does it because. He wants to no, give back. Nothing to do with that. He wants to give he back. He does it, and he no, enjoys he, it. He doesn't need the money. It's got nothing to do with the fucking money. He does it he because he wants it. to give back. He wants to embrace aspiring actors. He wants aspiring actors to understand how this business is, and he wants yeah. you. He genuinely wants you to succeed. 
You know, and those are the so guys. What did you say? The work, take the work, take the work seriously, not the business. Yeah, and those are the take type the of people. Don't take the those business the type, serious. Those are the type of mentors that that you want to look up to in this business. Absolutely. You know, I, my biggest thing. You know, you you and Freddie got got to go out to California and act with Chaz. My biggest thing was our sit down with Chaz. Yeah, when you met him at the restaurant. Yeah, that's right. That fucking, let me tell you, that experience yeah. is something I'll keep close to me for the rest of my life. Like, you know, we, we had this whole thing set up. Freddie and I got there early, and this was the story I was going to talk about. Freddie and I got there early, and we're sitting I know, there. you didn't save me any fried calamari, you fuck. <laughs> it gets better. Freddie and I are sitting there, and we're, we're talking, and it's like, Chaz isn't even there yet. And it's like, what do you want to do? You know, you want to get a drink? Should we not drink? And Freddie's like, yeah, we'll have one drink. You know, knock off the nerves. But only one. We don't want to be umbody for for the sit-down. I said, okay, no. one drink. And then I'm like, uh, you know, he's drinking fucking Merlot. I'm drinking a Jack and Coke. And then we're looking at the menu. The waiter comes over and he's like, yeah, you guys want anything to eat? And I look at Freddie and Freddie and I are like, what do you want to do? You want to order a dinner or you want to get appetizers? And I said, you know, Freddie, why don't we get a couple appetizers, keep it simple, keep it clean. You know what I mean? A couple appetizers, whatever. And then uh, Mike Massimino comes in. <laughs> that and he's guy. like, yeah, that fucking guy. He goes, uh, yeah, I'm going to get uh, chicken salt and buco. <laughs> I'm going to get the fucking. No, 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 no. Veal. Veal acapulco. <laughs> Veal Asabuco. The, the Veal Asabuco was the best. The best oh, dish my I loved. God. Oh, oh yeah. shit. Freddie and I are eating, like, fucking, we're, we're picking on, like, crab cakes and fried calamari and, and fucking yeah. zucchini sticks. And yeah. you're Which you demolished. Oh, we demolished it. Demolished, demolished it. it. Delicious. Well, let me tell you something, and I'm plugging his restaurant, too. Chaz Palmateri's got a restaurant. It is out of this world. And the Veal Asabuco is the best I ever had. And I get it every time. I try not to, Mark. But when I go there, it's like I get that every fucking time I get the Veal Asabuco. And the octopus. I love the octopus. Oh, God. So here we are. We're sitting when down. He's there, and when he's there, he always comes up, and he always says hello. He's just a, always. I can't say better things about him. But no, ahead, he definitely... No, he's he's somebody who 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 appreciates his fan base, and he's somebody who appreciates his customers wholeheartedly. But uh, back to the story. So here we are. We're sitting down, and like we're trying to have this nice, neat engagement, and you're fucking carving into a veal, <laughs> and just fucking sawing away at the thing, and. Uh, Chaz comes over, we start talking. And let me let me tell you that to have the opportunity to give my screenplay to him that I had written, my passion project, which we had mentioned earlier in the show, the good fight. Right. Um for him to read and and to take that kind of time, as busy as he is between everything else he's doing, you know, and at the time he had the Broadway musical. At the time, he was always on Modern Family. You know, at the time, he was he was reoccurring on Blue Bloods. 
And for him to take the time to look over nobody, I mean, no, a nobody's screenplay, you know, a nobody but a student of his, to actually read the screenplay, I mean, that, that meant the world to me, and actually pitch it to him. I mean, and I actually said this at the table. I don't know if you remember this, but, you know, when I when we were all done with everything and whatever, you know, I, I thanked him, and I said, you know, Chaz, 25 years ago, my very first big audition outside of community theater was for a nine-year-old boy in a movie, A Bronx Tale. And 25 years later, you know, after auditioning for your movie, I'm sitting in your restaurant talking to you about my movie. Yeah, I remember. You, you were know tickled what I mean? Pink, like, say that again? You were tickled pink. You really were. Dude, I mean, it could, how, well, when we left the restaurant, you were glowing. You're, you were, bro. like, glowing. You were, you, were, you, were pace, you were funny. You were pacing back and forth a little outside. Well, what should we do? Should we go to another bar? Let's go to a bar. Should we go have a drink? Let's go have a drink. <laughs> Let's celebrate. <laughs> yeah, you were really, you were like really sick. It was really, it was really cool to watch just your reaction because it's, it's just, it, it, it was, it was like such a, because he's such a polarizing figure, you know, Chaz. And, yeah, I mean, listen, and, to, to, to have that kind of opportunity to, to have that kind of opportunity to 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 sit across from somebody you've looked up to in the industry, in especially this industry, dude, and and really really talk about something that's meaningful to you because you've created it, and have that person you've looked up to your entire life in the business, not just because of their 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 screen presence. But because they're yeah. a brilliant writer, they're a brilliant director, because of their own life story, that's what makes them brilliant. And and to be able yeah. to sit across from them and have their undivided attention, like, listen, he could have said, yeah, go fuck yourself. I, I don't got time or, you know, I don't have the time or whatever. But he didn't, you know. And I'm sure out of all his students, I'm sure there were a handful of students who took that class because they thought in the back of their mind, Oh, I'm going to cozy up to Chaz. You know, whereas we took that class because we saw it as an opportunity to better ourselves at our craft. I'm sure some people thought it was a shortcut to get somewhere. But just just to be able to have that to be afforded that kind of opportunity. Like I meant, couldn't meant believe he was offering it. I could not believe he was doing a class. Apparently, well, I, he's done a few. I was like, like oh, my God, Chaz, Chaz is doing a class. This is fucking great. Yeah, I wouldn't I mean, have missed it for the it. world. The minute I, I saw it, I jumped for the world, man. And, and anybody out there, and anybody out there who 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 has not seen a the one man show of his film, the Bron a Bronx Tale, needs to go yeah. see it to watch him on stage portray. Yeah. Fuck, I don't, what is seventeen characters or something yeah. like that? Yeah, amazing, it, amazing. Unbelievable! Like I've, I've seen never it three seen times. I like saw that. it on Broadway. I saw it in Yonkers. I've seen it at the Mohegan Sun. Oh no, I didn't make the Mohegan Sun show, but I saw him do it in uh, in Georgetown, Connecticut. Um, it, it, it's just it's unbelievable. Different every time too. It's the same story, but you got to watch him do it just to, especially for people who are interested in one man shows. That's a one man you know, show that you'll never forget. 
if you're a fan of the movie of Bronx Tale, if you're a fan of Chaz Pullman Terry, yeah. you got to go see it. I mean, it, it's not even yeah. about one man because you forget. Like, you totally, it totally leaves your mind that you're yeah. watching a one man show. Like, that's how he, that's how, that's how, that's how much he reaches out and grabs you and pulls you in. Yeah, absolutely. You totally forget absolutely. just him on stage, you know? And he's, um, and he's so kind and generous. He's so kind and generous. Absolutely. So, like, I, I mean, I, I, I unfortunately didn't get to go see the, uh, the musical on Broadway, but I know you did, and Freddie, and, and, and George, and, uh, John yeah. did. And, I mean, he, he was gracious with, with all of you guys in terms of, uh, bringing you up on stage and taking photos of Oh, and he brought my whole family. I, I had 13 right. people with me. I mean, that's it was just, 13, I, who 14 does that? people. It was amazing. Who does that? But because you know what? That's the type something. of guy. That's the type of guy you want to aspire to be like if you ever get to his level in this business. <clears throat> Absolutely. And he, That's the type of guy loves, you want to give back. Right. He, he loves to engage. He loves to engage with his audience and his students and his friends are there. And, you know, I mean, why else, you know, if you, if you, if you have that level of success, and he embraces it in the right way. He doesn't yeah. use it for his ego. He embraces totally. it for you and for him and for his family. You know, I don't know if you ever met his kids, but his son Dante. No, I never met. I never great, met his kid. The kid's a gentleman. Dante's a gentleman. He's a great guitar player. He's a great singer. He plays out in New York City, and um, he's also an actor. And I got the pleasure to meet him, and I've met him a few times. I've actually, seen him at an audition. He was auditioning for something else. And he actually helped me read my lines before my audition. And, oh, wow. and he learned. And But that's a gracious kid, you know, and he learned from his dad. And that's how his dad is. And and it's just amazing. Every every celebrity to reach that status should act like him. Everybody should learn act. from Chaz Palmer. He's a class, class act, top-shelf guy, salt of the earth. And that's coming straight from the heart. That's not coming from anywhere but my heart. Great guy. Oh, absolutely. I agree with you. I 100. Yeah. He's class act. Just like you, Mark Basil. You're a great guy. Oh! I appreciate you. I appreciate oh! you including me in your projects. It's a good fight. Okay. And you know, I know they're going to get made. <clears throat> I know you're doing your best, your best quality work. I know you're working hard, and I appreciate you including me in it. And I'm happy to to collaborate with you in any way we can and to help you out. In any way I can, you know that. And, well, thank um, you. You know, I see you're working hard, and and I respect it. I really do. I appreciate your work. I really do. Uh, and I know you're struggling. I know you're an actor, and you're out there, and you know you earned everything you got. And you know that's what it's all about. And that's like well, this podcast. You know, this podcast is another way to get yourself out there mm -hmm. and to talk about the struggles of the business, so people could listen in and they can relate to what you and I are talking about, you know. So that's my message. If, if there's anything, that I, a message that I want to relate to people just from doing this interview with you, um, is don't let anybody downgrade your success. If you're a working actor, you're successful. If you're out there working, I don't care how much money you're making. If you're getting cast and you're working, you're successful.
that's by my standards, okay, because a lot of people aren't working. A lot of people don't have agents, and a lot of people are very, very, you know, talented. Some of the best actors you'll ever see don't get to do what even you and I get to do. You know what I mean? So, very true. You know, so don't don't let anybody downgrade your success. And anything above what you and I are doing, anything that we get is gravy, in my in my opinion. Don't get me wrong. I would love to get to the next level, whatever level that is. I would love to work, you know, and be able to flex my muscles and be able to dive into a character and be able to, you know, express myself in all different kinds of ways and all different kinds of bodies. But you know, to just to do what I'm doing right now, to get the blue collar guy, the day player roles, every now and then I'll get a weekly contract. That's success. I make my fucking insurance, dude. I make my insurance. I've been making my insurance the last five years. That's successful to me. You know, and that that right there is an accomplishment. I got my insurance through through the Screen Actors Guild last year, and yeah. Uh, let me tell the threshold. I mean, you know this. You've had your insurance for the last few years through the through SAG, and the yeah. financial threshold that you have to pass in order to yeah. even be considered is is outrageous. So the fact that you are working enough to be able to consistently meet their standards and and meet right. that financial threshold to be to qualify. I mean that, that I mean that right there is is proof. You're that, in the top two percent of actors working. Yeah. You're in the two percent. I agree. I agree. It's an it's a an outrageous statistic, but that's what it is. You're in the two percent of actors working. So well, I want to I want to thank you for uh, for being a part of this show, Mike, and for coming on and telling us a little bit about you and the struggle and and uh, you know reminiscing and and I want to thank you. Uh, more so for having my back and always being willing to dive headfirst into anything that I create or write or develop. Um, you, you know, we're very fortunate to, to kind of be in the inner circle that we're in and surround ourselves with very like-minded people, as you mentioned earlier on in the show. Um, yeah. You know, and, and we're all very fortunate to kind of have that standard of work having been taught by Chaz and learning from Chaz and knowing Chaz uh, to, yeah. to some degree on some level, you know, and, and to yeah. carry that with us through everything we do. Yeah. So I want to thank you very much for, for, for truly supporting me as much as I support you and, and really always being up for the grind and always being up for, for, for getting involved with whatever it is I got going on. Um, your uh, true fucking inspiration i hope the people that listen to this podcast this particular episode i hope they get inspired to do a little bit more chase their dreams a little harder pound their pave, pound the pavement until their knuckles bleed yeah uh, really yeah. go after it because th- th- there's no other way to live your life like you know you you got it you got one it's life live your best life it is yeah i totally agree and it's worth it if you love doing this and you're in a position where you can do it. A lot of people aren't in positions where they can do it for as long as we've been doing it for. First, you know, there's a million different reasons. But if you're if you're out there doing it, you know, and you get to that point where you're like, I got, I can't take it anymore, and then you still bounce back and go do it. You know, you're doing the right thing and you're in the right business. You know. Yeah. And um, 
I mean, and, and just don't give up. My, 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 my advice, don't give up. Keep going for the dream. You know, just keep going for the dream. And if you're a writer, like you are, you, you wear, you wear many different hats. So keep writing, keep erasing, keep rewriting, do whatever it is you gotta do. And, you know, keep at it. And, you know, it's gonna, and I don't want to sit here and say it's gonna happen. I want to say it's happening. Okay? It's happening. You know, and that's it. You're acting, you're writing, you're in the game. So, in my eyes, you're a success. Other people may disagree with me, but fuck them. You know, that's the way I look at it. And it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be your friend and one of your peers. And I can't wait to get on your next project and many more after that. I think that you and I are going to, we're going to um, <clears throat> definitely pro, you know, progress in this business. You know, were you just going to say procreate? Away. Were you just going to say procreate? No, no, no. Procreate. God, even if, <laughs> oh my God. I would never procreate with you. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> what an ugly baby that would be. Oh, thank you. No, but thank you. So, um, but no, to, to progress to, to the, to whatever level it is we get to, I think we're going to get there. And I think, um, if we're just one job away from, you know, that, that one job, you know, and if we're not, we'll get another job and we'll do that job to our best ability. But you know what? You said it right there. You, you just said it right there. We're one job away from the next job. And that's yeah. exactly it. We're one job away from the next mm-hmm. job. You take it one the job. The next at job time. may not be, may not be your series regular on your hit show, but it'll be another no. job and it'll go, it'll go towards your insurance. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? Quick, quick, last year, my wife and I, we were in Maine, and we I brought my fire stick. We were watching Power, and uh, <clears throat> we are watching reruns. Yeah. Like, we were watching, you know, back seasons. And uh, all of a sudden, there's Mikey Massimino. Ooh. I looked at my wife. I said, that's, that's Mike Massimino. And she was like, the Mike? Like, the, your friend Mike? I said, yeah. She's like, did you know he was a power? I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I think you obviously filmed that before, uh, before we became friends, but, cause I would have known about it. You but, know, um, one of the, one of the, one of the funnest things about being in this business is having people call you when they see you on TV. I still you get know? it today. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, it's very I keep... fun. And that's not coming from an egotistical, <clears throat> No, no, that's coming. No. That's coming from wow. That's really cool. You know, it's like and really it may fun. sound like that to people on the outside, no. but no, it's not egotistical. Like I still get people it's that not. reach out to me happy. To it it makes you feel good. It makes you feel good. Yeah, you know? and, it, and it's a little. It's a little part of the reason why you do it. Absolutely, of course it does. People saw your work, and they call you up and they say, "It's like we own the night." They've been playing "We Own the Light" like crazy lately. I get more calls for you know what I get more calls for and I had the smallest port part on it. Orange is the new black. I had a, a walk on really? scene with a couple of lines, but that show was so big that I got more calls on that. Like people thought, I just saw Mike on Orange is the new black. It was like it was, and I was on it for maybe a minute. Like it was one of those day player roles, but I got more phone calls on that show. I was in Boardwalk for four episodes, you know what I mean? Um, you know, just, I couldn't believe it. 
They couldn't believe it because it was such. That's the impact of a hit show, you know. Yeah, I mean, listen, Happy. Uh, you know, when season two, season two just launched, I think in December or January, and when season two launched, season one went on Netflix. So now, yeah. now that it's on Netflix, I get all these text messages. You know, people I I used to, or Facebook messages, people I used to go to high school with, or or people I used to work with, or people I have worked with in the industry that I keep in touch with. And it's, I didn't know you did yeah. happy. I didn't know you did happy. Dude, these yeah. people I haven't talked to in 10 years that find me on Facebook and leave me a, a, a Facebook message about yeah. happy. And it was a cool scene. Like, the, the, the thing you did Great on happy, scene. it was a very, very Great cool scene. scene. You know? It was a, and then, um, a, absolute. And But, you know, it's like, now it's over. We know it's over. That's our last gig. Our last gig is over. We got to get another gig. You got to get another gig. Got to keep grinding. Got to get that other gig. You got to keep grinding. You know, because unfortunately, there's five million television shows, fifteen million platforms, and you know your show's on. It's, you, you announce it. You tell your friends. Everybody gives you a, a big boost. And we saw it. We loved it. Great. But the next day, it's forgotten about. It's over. You know, so until the next we, one, until the next one, and that's what it is. I mean, if you could deal with that, then you belong in this business and you belong doing it. If you're doing it to be recognized and to get kudos for every fucking thing you do, forget it. There's too much out there. Even actors who have got big roles and are series regulars and shows, nobody knows who they are. You know what I mean? Nobody knows who actors are anymore. I couldn't tell you. I watched a ton of shows. I couldn't tell you the actors' names. You know, they're doing it because sure. they love it. It's, it's the love of it, you know. So how many, anyway, Mark, how, this is been how many a real credits, pleasure. How many credits What's do that? you have? How many credits do you have? I have 46 credits. What was your favorite? Oh, wow. My favorite, what my favorite gig, which was the funnest to do? Yeah, what was your most favorite? You know what was one of my... the. The, the the funniest couple of days of my life was working on Mr. Popper's Penguins with Jim Carrey <laughs> and sitting there watching him do the the comedic genius things that he does for two days. Oh, that was that was the funnest. That was the funnest gig. Besides, I just did a gig last summer with with um, James DeMarco. And the name of the movie is going to be. I can't really say anything else about it, but That's when right. you see it, you're going to you're going to crack up. Right now, the name of the movie is Once Upon a Time on Staten Island, and it's with Bobby Cannavale and um, Frank Grillo, and Method Man's in it. And oh, I was wow. on set with all these guys, and I play one of Bobby Cannavale's guys. And that was next to Mr. Popper's Penguins. This was the funnest gig. And you're going to know why when you see it. <laughs> I can't More tell you fun. anything else about it. Okay. But all I can tell you is when you see the movie, you're going to call me up and say, you know, you're a fucking real lunatic. That's what you're going to tell me. <laughs> was and, it more but fun? I'm going to tell you. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it no, was a go. blast. It was a blast. When you have, first of all, James DeMarco, probably one of the best directors I've ever worked with because he gives you – all the freedom in the world to do whatever it is you want. Even the audition for that movie was fun with him. 
and it was one of the best experiences so far. But um, if, if you ever get a chance to work with James DeMarco, jump on it because the guy's one of the best directors what? I've ever worked with. And if you don't know who he is, what am I gonna say? he's the guy that did The Purge. No, I'm just sure. saying. I mean, he, he was like a Chaz, down to earth. He's from Staten Island, very cool guy. Uh, friendly, outgoing, giving. He listens to you. He's one of those directors. He's not a dick. You know what I mean? Just a really, really good guy. So that's coming out fun? next summer. Was Go it ahead. more fun to work on than the Jimmy Kimmel stuff? When Jimmy Kimmel came to Brooklyn? No, the Jimmy Kimmel thing was, was a blast as well. But, yeah, the James DeMarco thing was more fun because I had a lot more to do with it. You know what I mean? I had a lot more okay. to do with the scene. I'm in the scene a lot. It's like they, he, there's a lot of footage of me and these other guys. Like I said, I can't tell okay. you what it is, but no, but no, um, we'll wait. Jimmy we'll Kimmel's wait. always fun, and the, the the Jimmy Kimmel gig was was I've done it twice, and um, the casting director Sylvia Plava, she's out in Los Angeles, and she saw my. This is this is another work begetting work story. She saw my. Resume because I worked with John Glazer on John Glazer Loves Gear, and I was Brooklyn Bobby on um, Neon Joe Werewolf Hunter for Adult Swim, and she's good friends with John Glazer. She called him because she saw him on my resume that I worked with him, and asked him, you know, hey, should I hire this guy Mike Massimino? And he he had nothing but nice things to say. Thank you, John Glazer. Again, great guy. Another. Another great director who I had a blast working on, um, Neon Joe, Werewolf Hunter, and John Glazer Loves Gear. That dude is top shelf director, uh, down to earth guy, giving artist, you know, listens to the actors, works with the actors, and like I said, he's just another one. So that is work to getting work, and Sylvia Plath, I can't say enough things about her either. Well, I mean, so. But that job was, that's a lot of fun, you know? It's always for live TV, man. Live TV, brother. This business is. It's such a small world. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. And if you get a rep, and you know, you want to, you want to, you're building relationships. That's what it's all about. Build relationships with these people. Send them a card on Christmas. Don't bust their balls. Don't be a pain in the ass. You know, act like a gentleman. You know, don't be a weirdo on set staring at the actors. You know, they know that if you can go on, you know how these people get. They know if you go, Star-truck. if you're going to behave yourself on set and you're going to do your job, that's what they're interested in. Yeah. They want you to make their life easier. And that's what it's about. Well, but getting well, back to James Marco. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, inevitably, they're, they're, they're recommending you. The casting director is, is basically vouching for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Saying, this person's perfect for the role. And they are the one that are bringing you to the decision makers of that television show or that film or that project. So if they're going to vouch for you, then you better fucking be professional. You better be professional and you better go do a good job. Absolutely. But... Um, you know, just for him to tell her that, you know, but it's because I worked with him that I got that gig. You know what I mean? I mean, it's basically that that's how it works. Work begets work. And, you know, she came back and then 
she was coming back. They come back every year, so I shot her an email. Hey, I'm going to, you know, if you need somebody. And, you know, that's how it happens. You stay in touch with people. You establish good relationships. And, like, to get back to your question, like, the funnest thing, but the Jim Carrey was working with him was one of the funnest, but the James DeMarco thing was, you know, parallel with that because I got to do, you know, I got to have fun. I got to, I got to do improv and, 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 and be present in a scene and collaborate with the director instead of just being told, Hey, go over there and, you know, turn around and say, Hey, that is that guy. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, those yeah, day yeah. player roles are great, but it's always fun when you get to sink your teeth into something and be a part of it and have a good time. No, I agree. And, and, and that film, I agree. once upon a time in Staten Island, uh, I think it's going to be, it's going to, one of the funniest things in that movie is, is our scene, the scene that I'm in. And you're going to see why. So, where can people find you? Well, I am on, they can find me on IMDb. My reel is on there, imdb.com, Internet Movie Database. Um, the next thing you'll see me, geez, you know what, you, know, you and I didn't even talk about the Irishman. We'll save that for another time. That was another great experience working with Martin Scorsese and Joe Pesci. And, you know, I had a very small little thing to do on that. But that was another great experience was working with Martin Scorsese and Joe Pesci. But that was two days. That was right up there with the Jim Carrey thing. That was a great experience. Martin Scorsese was just for him to come up to me and be like, hey, hey, Mike, how you doing? Yeah, how you doing, Mike? Yeah, good. Uh, What's your last name, Massimo? <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 it's not Massimo. He's like, oh, oh, I thought it was Massimo. I'm like, no, 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 it's, it's Massimino. And he goes, oh, so that means Big Little. He's like, to have Martin Scorsese say the definition of my last name to me, forget like, it. forget it. Yeah, you that's what it means. Yeah, there's me going, uh, yeah, I think. You, you, you know, I was like, Jesus Christ. The fucking you got to put that boss, on a plaque and you know? hang it in your living room. The boss. And how about me correcting him? I'm like, like I had the balls to correct him. I'm like, no, sir, it's not Massimo. It's it's Massimino. And he's like, oh, oh, Massimino. Yeah, so that means Big Little. I'm like, yeah. <clears throat> and, then, and then after that incident, Mr. Joe Pesci walks on set. And and what a what an experience that was. <clears throat> I didn't get to meet De Niro or Pacino, but to be on set and to watch Joe Pesci and Martin Scorsese collaborating and talking, just to be there was just like, oh my god! It was like unbelievable. Uh, you're, you're watching two icons. It's like it's, yeah. I, I, I've I really get, I've really gotten I've, I've really been very. You know where I've been very lucky is just to get on the sets that I've gotten on. You know, observe, absorb. Just, just to observe and absorb <clears throat> all yeah, that experience. So I have a lot of experience, and I've gotten to really work on a lot of great sets with a lot of great people, and like that's what I'm grateful for. You know, did I get a big part in the Irishman? No, not at all. I'm, I'm in a voiceover scene. I didn't get this part I read for, but what they did is they basically called in actors to do like basically these extra roles we all got scale but yeah they're more than extra roles but you know what i'm talking about sure yeah 
they wanted actors there. They wanted people there that knew what they were doing, that have been on sets. And, right, you know, right. And they Martin, didn't want Joe and I, and I can honestly yeah. sit here, I can honestly say to you, without lying, that I got directed by Martin Scorsese, and I did. That's, that's. I think that's every actor's dream, to be honest with you. That is every you actor's know, dream. And it, 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 it was for a couple of seconds, you know, and, he, you know, it was two takes, and he came up to me twice, and he said, oh, that's great, that's great. All right, now just do this and do that. And I'm just like, I'm like pinching myself. I'm like, what, is this fucking for real right now? Did Marty just come up to me and, and tell me to do something on a set? Like, that's like one of my lifelong dreams was to oh get my to God. that point. Just to get uh, to and you did it, man. And you did it, and you did it with hard work, and you did it with perseverance. Yeah. And, and to you, me, you fucking did it, and nobody could take that away from you. Yeah, so to by my standards, I'm a success. Absolutely, I would agree with that. And too. I'm going to keep going and keep going. So I don't want to do anything else. I'm going to keep going. I'll probably drop on a movie set. So there's no uh, <laughs> with a piece of veal at the end of your fork. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's me. I'm a big piece of fucking veal. So we're gonna have. We're gonna. Have, you know what? Now, now we're talking about we. It's, we're we're due to go to the restaurant and have some veal. Perfect, man. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Mike. All right, buddy. We'll see you soon. Let's get together. I want to go eat. <laughs> All right, bro. Be good. Veal atabuco. Veal atabuco. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's episode of The Rise. I want to thank my guest this week and last week, Mike Massimino, very talented actor, very funny individual, guys. I encourage you to go on IMDb, look him up. This guy has 40-plus film and television credits, uh, some of which are going to blow your mind. Guarantee you, you've probably seen him on the screen before. You just wasn't sure it was the one and only Mike Massimino. So thank you, Mike, very much for being on the show. Very lucky to have you in my inner circle. Very lucky to call you a friend. Thank you for your time. It is much appreciated. Everybody, you can follow Mike Massimino on Instagram, the good old IG, at actor Mike Massimino. That's at actor Mike Massimino. You can look him up on IMDb as well if you'd like. You can also find him on Facebook simply by searching Mike Massimino. All right, guys, I want to thank everybody once again for tuning in. Our listenership and following each and every week does grow. The show does get better as each week progresses. Very excited to see where this podcast is going to lead us. So if you have not done so already, make sure that you subscribe and download because you don't want to miss a single episode. Guys, looking forward to bringing you next week's episode where we talk about opportunity and how you shouldn't let a single moment pass you by because you never know if that moment's going to come around a second time in life again. Make sure you tune in. It's going to give you some something to think about. It's going to give you that swift kick in the ass that you need. And it's going to make you think long and hard about how to follow your dreams a little harder. You can follow me on Instagram at MDBasil. That is at MDBasil. You can also follow me on Twitter at mbasil06 guys look me up on facebook simply by searching mark basil you can also look me up on imdb as well i appreciate your time guys looking forward to bringing you next week's episode until then